if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference. This show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. My dad had dementia, and he really enjoyed listening to his favorite music. But with dementia, he lost the ability to use modern technology, and that's how I created the dementia-friendly music player, the DQ Music Box. Ross Porter's introduction into the maker community came from wanting to make something his father would enjoy. The end result is the DQ Music Box, a dementia-friendly music player in two different models. One is a nice-looking laser-cut wooden box, while the second takes that a step further and has a case that looks like an old-time radio with all kinds of woodworking involved. A quick secret, it makes up very fast due to 3D printing. Ross has provided the design for his dementia-friendly music player online and it's open source, but he didn't stop there. At the 2017 Mini Maker Fair in Seattle, Ross taught a number of people how to make the DQ Music Box, and he's going to be doing that again in a matter of weeks. Ross, I understand you're a software engineer and the DQ Music Box is your first maker project. How'd that come about for you? I was a software engineer, so I'm familiar with the technology. And the story is very personal, actually, but it's a nice story, I think. My dad had dementia, and he really enjoyed listening to his favorite music, you know, the old-time favorites, the things he was listening to when he was a teenager. But with dementia, he lost the ability to use modern technology like cell phones, iPods, and CD players. But he was still loving the music from his youth, so I reasoned that if he could still remember the music from that time period, that he might be able to use a device that behaved and looked like it was from that time period. And that's how I created the dementia-friendly music player, the DQ Music Box. And I'm happy to say that it worked. Right? He found it, my dad found it familiar. So he already knew what to do, which is essentially the key to the whole thing, is that you don't want to teach something new, someone with dementia. You want to rely on things that they already knew. And the experts say, apparently, that you should rely on memories that were formed before the age of 21, as those are the strongest memories and most likely to be intact. I did not know that before we did this interview. That is really interesting. Once you had the idea and once you knew what it was you wanted to design, what were the steps? How long did it take? And where'd you go from there? Well, the, it, it took, you know, a few months. It wasn't a particularly long process. It would have been longer or the result would not have been as good if there weren't a community of people that advised me on this. I was really amazed on several occasions when people came forward to offer help and suggestions that made the project much better than what I had originally envisioned. So it's a testament to when you're doing something that's clearly good, you know, to help others, that people will come forward and provide assistance. Just to color that a little bit, my first thought to make this was to 
take an old cigar box and drill holes in it and wire something up such that it worked. And other people, one person in particular, came forward and said, you know, you can make something that's you know, much better, might actually be easier to do, and, and so forth. If you try this laser-cutting approach, which I had never done before, but he pointed me in the right direction. Indeed, that was the right way to go. And, and there were many other cases like that where I was, you know, trying to solve some problem, and and people were just helpful and said, oh, yeah, don't do it that way. Try it this way. For anybody that has not seen the DQ Music Box, this is actually really nice-looking either model that you have. You have a cathedral-shaped radio, and if you don't have a 3D printer, you can make a box that looks like you've done a lot of woodworking, but you haven't. What all's involved in making that for someone like, well, me, for example, that wants to download this and make it open source? That's a good question. You can order all the parts online. For clarity, I just offer the recipe for doing this. You don't buy anything from me. It's all open source. But you can order all the parts online, including taking my design and sending it to an online laser cutting company that cuts the wood pieces for you. So all this stuff arrives at your door. So you don't really need particular technical skill to do this. You need to be detail-oriented and follow instructions for a couple of hours. And that's about it. So there's some I think some good, clear instructions provided as part of the recipe for doing this. But if you want to, you can order all the stuff and have it arrive. And if you have a 3D printer, there's now, as you mentioned, a 3D printable case for this. That's you know, It takes a while to print, but it's a pretty straightforward process. And, and I should say that this is another case where you know, a volunteer, someone very helpful, came forward. The... Uh, People at Makers Making Change, who are all about makers creating assistive technology, and this is one example, hooked me up with another person where I live in Seattle to that had the 3D design skills that I don't have to make that 3D printable cathedral-style dementia-friendly music box. So that was a guy named Trey Bagley that just said, sure, I'll help, <laughs> and made this really gorgeous, old-school... 3D printable case, which is just fantastic. They are such a great organization. I had had the pleasure of talking with Chad before, and I'm sorry we don't have a chapter of them here in Long Beach because, wow, what a great nonprofit. Absolutely. Now, why the name DQ Music Box for Ross's dementia-friendly music player? Ross emailed that the name is in honor of his father, David Quinby Porter. Of course, the really important question... How'd your dad like it? Oh, it worked for my dad, and he knew immediately what to do with it. And So to paint the picture, then, I set the original version of the device before him next to his comfortable reclining chair. So he was still living at home at this point. My mom was the caretaker, and he was able to sit in his comfortable chair that reclines a bit and put the headphones on and listen to Beethoven and Mozart, and some, some of his favorite operas. And so it's just a nice picture. I took a couple of photos of him just lying back, reclined in the chair, happy as a clam, you know. And there's a documentary about this, not about the music box in particular, but the documentary that inspired me to do this is called Alive Inside, and it's on Netflix, and you can find it elsewhere, that shows what 
joy people with dementia can find in listening to their old-time favorite music. And that's certainly proven out in this case. And, and then to add one further bit to that, it was good for my dad, but it was also good for my mom, the caregiver. So if you're taking care of someone with dementia, that's a 24-hour-a-day job. And my mom did a fantastic job at that. The music box helped because she knew that for 20 minutes in time, he was happy and stationary so that she could go do something else, unload the dishwasher, cook dinner, take a shower, or whatever that was. And that's so important because knowing people with dementia, I'm thinking of a specific friend who has delusions and it scares her. She's frightened. So something that would calm her would be something that would really be a plus to her day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. For anybody with dementia, you set the music player down next to them. How does that work? Well, it's deliberately made in the style of radios from the 1930s and 40s. So it's just two knobs to operate. So probably a lot like radios that you might still have in your car, where there's a knob for volume and another knob that changes stations. Or in my case, on the music box, it changes the song, it goes to the next song. And that's really about it. So it's, you set it down, plug it in. It's a headphone-based device, and that's deliberate. So the person with dementia puts the headphones on and turns the dials until they found music that they like at a volume level that they like. Of course, anyone listening that has someone they love with dementia or maybe they want to be helpful in their community is probably saying, how do I find out more? Where do I get the information on this one? DQMusicBox.org has photos of it so you can see it in operation. It has the instructions that you can download to make one, including a list of parts that you'll need to buy to make one. DQMusicBox.org. You even have a YouTube video that breaks it down. I was looking at your website where there are eight steps, and your YouTube video breaks it down to five, the last of which, if I'm remembering correctly, is enjoy. This is simple, simple, and great. I understand you took this to the Mini Maker Fair in Seattle, taught some people how to do it? Yes, thank you for asking. So the a maker fair is a place where people can come and see how to make things, look at equipment, look at interesting projects, and so forth. And I had a table at Seattle's Mini Maker Fair last year, and I offered people to come to the table and make a music box. So I was there to help them when they needed it. But they really, there were seven people that did this, ranging from an eight-year-old boy who had a little help from his dad to, um, you know, a woman probably in her 60s that didn't bring her father with her and did not need really any help with it. They all succeeded. It took them, on average, about an hour and 15 minutes to put it together and walk off with a working music box. Will you be going to the Seattle Mini Maker Fair again this summer? I will. I'll be there with Makers Making Change this year. Do I remember the dates 18th and 19th of August, I believe? I believe you are correct, yes. Where can people find Makers Making Change and you with, hopefully, with some more of the DQ Music Box kits? The, I don't know where the table will be at the Makers Fair, but Makers Making Change is makersmakingchange.org, so you can find out more about them. And I'll be at the table there to answer questions. You can see them live in person. You can put headphones on and try them out and so forth. Several maker questions here if you've got the time for them. 
I'm curious about legalese that I didn't expect to see on drive.google. You have created something really nice for altruistic purposes, but you have a no warranty paragraph where you say, in no event will any party be liable for damages. When you create something, you're not making this to make money. What do other makers need to know about doing a project like that to protect themselves legally as you've done? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. I don't have any definitive answers or authoritative answers to your question about that. But I did look around at what some other people were doing and and drew from their example. I was just trying to avoid some liability. I didn't want to go out and and try and do a good thing and then suffer (laughs) because of it. Certainly, this is not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer either, but you do, unfortunately, in these days, sometimes see no good deed going unpunished. I think that's a really good idea as well. Anybody with a legal question, though, please do consult a legal professional. Neither one of us is. What's your advice to fellow makers when you're exhibiting as you did at a maker fair or teaching at a maker fair? What's a survival skill, for example, and what's something you might do differently this time? It's important to, well... The Seattle Mini Maker Fair. So if you do a Maker Fair, the Seattle Mini Maker Fair did a nice thing in that they had this introductory session about six weeks before the Maker Fair itself, and they gave a presentation about what you should do and what you shouldn't do as an exhibitor there, and that was very helpful. They said things like, you need to have a good sign. That's what you're all about. So you draw the right people, uh, and you don't draw people that, you know, for whom it's not interesting. That you have, you think about, you know, what couple of paragraphs you're going to say over and over again to each new person that comes up to the table and find a way to write some of those things down. If it's on on the sign, if it's on some flyers, if it's somewhere so that you don't have to say it as many times. And if three or four people come up all at once, you can't necessarily talk to all of them, but those that come up can read things for it. Having clear demonstrations of how to make the thing are helpful. In my case, it's not all that complex, so I just did had, you know, a set of parts laid out, and I had, you know, one of the made boxes with the top off so you can look inside and see where all the parts are. And, and that made it clear enough for people to gauge the scope of doing this. And I had a you know, little handout with a URL on it so people that were interested could go back later and you know, find the website and, and look at the video and read the instructions. I'm hearing communicate, communicate, communicate. (laughs) Yep, yep. Great advice for any maker. What resources, in addition to Makers Making Change, which we've already established is a fantastic organization, were most helpful to you to the point that you'd recommend them to other makers? The maker space that I originally did the prototyping was very helpful. So they taught me a lot about laser cutters and what you can do with them and what you can't do with them. I also used an online um, laser shop called Pinoco. They're a commercial companies. I don't have a financial connection to them, but they're just very helpful. They have lots of online tutorials for how to design things. And that, and that was helpful, I think, for people making the music boxes as well, because you can, the plans are all there. You can take them and cut them yourself or 3D print them yourself or go down to your local makerspace and make them. But I also wanted to give people an online option, and that's what Pinoco provides, so they can just, you know, send the plans there for, you know, what I think is a relatively modest amount of money. They get it all cut and sent. Pinoco. And was there a name that you would like to give the makerspace, emphasizing, of course, that neither one of us has a financial interest in this makerspace? 
I worked through a couple of them, actually. There was, I'm in Seattle, so these are Seattle maker spaces. One of them was Metrics on Capitol Hill in Seattle, and then also worked with Seattle Makers, a relatively new one in Seattle. I can't say enough good things about both of them. I mean, I'm so much better at doing this because of their advice. It's not just the equipment at a makerspace, it's the community and the advice that you get when you go there. I learn something every time I go. That's a great thing to be able to say. How many, would you guess, DQ music boxes are now out there now that you've made that open source and people are starting to create them? I wish I knew. I don't have good tracking mechanisms for this. The best information I get, which is also the happy information, or when people write back and say, oh, this really worked for my mom or my dad, and, and so forth, and tell me a little story about it. I love getting those stories. And I've gotten, I don't know, eight or ten of those stories back now. I don't ask anyone to send stories, right? This is all just people that are happy and send this back. I am trying to make this available, to, trying to get the word out now that it's all documented and ready to go and people can do it. So hopefully if you ask me the question again in six or 12 months, I'll have an answer for you and it'll be a, a significantly larger number. Hopefully so. What I will ask you is would you share one of your favorite of those stories? Sure. It's actually the one that's on the front page of the website, feedback from someone that made it. My favorite, there's several favorite parts I like this. First part is he said he put it together and it just worked. He was expecting problems, challenges, things to resolve, Linux commands that he had to issue, any of that sort of stuff. But it just, it does just work. It's a very simple device, so I kept the design simple. And then he goes on to say, um, it has been a long time since I saw such an emotional reaction from him, his father. I let him at it with no explanations at all, and he made it work without instructions. Now that is an accolade. That's wonderful. Now that you have all this knowledge about makerspaces, and you said you couldn't say enough good things about both of them, you have resources, what's next? Will you be making different versions of the music box, or are you going to be doing something different? Yes, I am going to do another version of the music box. I'm slightly addicted to the tools and things that are available there. So I've now worked learning how to make laser cut things that curve nicely and follow that sort of iconic shape of 1930s and cathedral style radio. So I have it working on a model in laser cut cherry. You're going to have to go some to beat the beauty of the one that you've got right now, but I can't wait to see this. Do you have a specific date by which you'd like to have that finished or just when you're happiest with it? It'll be out in time for the Seattle Mini Maker Fair in mid-August. Finally, Ross, and thank you for your time. If people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want them to take away from what you've done here, from any of your experiences as a maker? It's a great time to be a maker because so many things are readily doable. I mean, this is my very first maker project, and I think it's, I've created, in all humility, a useful thing, right? At, it, to try and do this... 10, 15 years ago would have been, you know, a much more manual, difficult thing to do. It would have required greater skill, more craftsmanship, and so forth. So it's it's really amazing what you can make even when you can only imagine it. You don't really know how to get there. There's a lot of things you can get to with surprisingly little skill. Ross, thank you for your time today. Thank you.
You and I have been listening to Ross Porter, creator of the dementia-friendly music player, also called the DQ Music Box. You can find out more about the DQ Music Box, including how to make it. Open source instructions are available on dqmusicbox.com. That's dqmusicbox.com. And if you're in the Seattle area on the weekend of August 18th and 19th, you might also like to come and meet Ross. He's going to be exhibiting his brand new model of the DQ Music Box, Cherrywood, this sounds absolutely gorgeous, at the Makers Making Change exhibit at the Seattle Mini Maker Fair. You can find information on the Seattle Mini Maker Fair on makerfair.com, but more especially, check out Makers Making Change. Makers Making Change is a fantastic nonprofit that pairs makers with people with disabilities who need assistive technologies. You'll find more information on makersmakingchange.com. That's makersmakingchange.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to Over Coffee through our website, twomavericks.com. That's T-W-O-M-A-V-E-R-I-X.com, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.